Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. Today is August 5th, 2018, and uh, we are live tonight, Sunday, August 5th, 2018. We're we are live tonight. Uh, there's a lot going on. We have a lot to talk about. All right. Hope everybody's doing well. Well, look, uh, on tonight's show, uh, we're going to talk about the film uh, from Spike Lee, the new film from uh, uh, Black Klansman, Black Klansman, okay? And uh, I saw the film uh, Black Klansman uh, yesterday, Saturday, August 4th, um, at the uh, DIA. There was a special screening in conjunction with uh, the uh, National Association for Black Journalists, their conference that was here in Detroit this weekend, and also uh, the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History, okay? So... Uh, I saw the film from Spike Lee. It's fantastic. It's based on a true story, uh, based upon the story of uh, Ron Stallworth, uh, who was a police officer of Colorado Springs uh, Police Department uh, in uh, Colorado. And uh, he infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan. Okay? Fantastic, fantastic uh, movie. Uh, fantastic uh, story. So we're going to talk some about that uh, on tonight's show. I'll give you some background uh, information on uh, Black Klansmen, okay? And then also, uh, we're going to be joined by Njia Kai. Uh, Njia Kai is the director of the uh, 36th Annual African World Festival, at the uh, which is taking place uh, Friday, August uh, 17th through Sunday, August 19th at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. And uh, we're going to have her on uh, tonight also to talk about this uh, uh, annual event, and I'll be there as well. I'll be doing a couple of uh, presentations on uh, Saturday and Sunday, Charles H. Wright Museum of uh, African American History. Okay, so we'll talk about that tonight. And uh, uh, Donald Trump, you know when Donald Trump's back is against the wall because there are three groups that he attacks. He attacks Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and African Americans. And this week has been no exception. We see the Mueller investigation heating up. We see Trump tweeting uh, this morning, basically alluding to, uh, 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 the, uh, actually revealing that uh, when his son Donald Trump Jr. Uh, had the meeting with the Russians January 9th, 2016, it was to get dirt on Hillary Clinton, which contradicts what the initial statement was coming from the Trump camp, because initially they said it was about adoption, which really deals with uh, repealing the um, uh, Meniski Act. Okay, so we'll talk about uh, uh, we'll talk about Donald Trump and LeBron James. LeBron James was interviewed uh, this past week by Don Lemon on CNN, and uh, LeBron James said Donald Trump is using sports to divide us. Uh, Donald Trump blasted back at LeBron James. He loves blasting back at African Americans. See, when white people call him out, like Steve Kerr in the NBA, George Popovich, things like this, when you have white people that call him out on his racism, usually he doesn't respond. Remember at the, uh, what I think it was the BET Awards, and uh, Eminem did a freestyle and totally torched Donald Trump? Not one tweet about that. See, 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 Donald Trump does not go after white people like that when they tear his behind up. It's just African-Americans, people of color, especially African-Americans. 
Okay, so uh, Trump blasted uh, LeBron James back, and uh, athletes are coming to LeBron James' defense. Even Michael Jordan in a uh, tepid uh, response in support of LeBron James. And even you have um, the um, First Lady Melania Trump, uh, who says that LeBron James is doing good things with this uh, school he just opened in Akron, Ohio, the I Promise School for Underprivileged Children. Uh, and then uh, we saw also this past week the Washington Post. They have a fantastic, fantastic fact-checking uh, uh, department, okay? And, um, you know, Donald Trump has created a lot of jobs in the fact-checking department because he tells so many lies. But uh, they have uh, tracked uh, 4,229 false or misleading statements that Donald Trump has made in the first 558 days of his administration. And uh, in June and July of 2018, June and July of 2018, this year, uh, he's averaged 16 false or misleading statements per day as the Mueller investigation heats up, as more Russians uh, are exposed, as uh, the, as the uh, investigation into Michael Cohen heats up, as uh, tapes of Michael Cohen uh, in his possession as they become released, things like this, Donald Trump gets crazier and crazier, tells more and more lies. Now he's on the campaign trail for uh, Republican uh, candidates for Congress and state legislature, things like this. And he's uh, always oh, telling some whoppers. And he continues to incriminate himself on Twitter. I hope he keeps tweeting all day. I hope, I, I hope he tweets 24 hours a day. He's incriminating himself on Twitter. And we just we found out in the past two or three weeks that Robert Mueller is is investigating Trump's tweets, which are official statements from the president, as former White House press secretary Sean Spicer said during a uh, press secretary briefing from the White House. He said she said these are official statements from the president. Okay, this is not just a random thought. No, these are official statements from the president, okay, or as I call him, the first Russian president of the United States, because uh, you're gonna, if you haven't figured it out now, if you didn't read the New York Times article we talked about two weeks ago when we dealt with this Donald Trump a traitor, and uh, you read the uh, New York Times article that talked about how um, uh, from the beginning, Trump was given, uh, he was shown overwhelming evidence showing that Vladimir Putin had personally ordered com complex cyber attacks to sway the 2016 American election. Don't take my word for it. July 18, 2018, read the article from the New York Times. From the start, Trump has muddied a clear message. Putin interfered. Big story from the New York Times. All the outlets picked it up. From the start, Trump has muddied a clear message. Putin interfered. July 18, 2018. Read this article from the New York Times. It breaks down, it breaks down everything. And then you see why Trump does not denounce Vladimir Putin. You you see why Trump was shot. Just, just for those who who missed that show, you is, we have it uh, on our YouTube channel, Michael M Hotel. Our uh, our shows are there. We have audio podcasts, almost nine hundred audio podcasts at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Our audio podcasts on six different podcast platforms. It's, they're going to be on Stitcher in a minute because I contacted Stitcher this past week. But we're on blogtalkradio.com, we're on CastBox, uh, iTunes, uh, TuneIn.com, FM Player, and ACAST. And we'll be on Stitcher uh, probably this week sometime. Um, two weeks before his inauguration, 
This was January 6, 2017. Donald Trump was shown highly classified intelligence indicating that President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia had personally ordered complex cyber attacks to sway the 2016 American election. The evidence included texts and emails from Russian military officers and information gleaned, gathered, from a top secret source close to Vladimir Putin, who had described to the CIA how the Kremlin decided to execute its campaign of hacking and disinformation. Read that full article. It breaks down all this stuff. Okay, so uh, we'll talk about some of Trump's false and misleading statements, 4,229 averaging 16 a day. This is unprecedented. This is un unheard of. Then also, um, in the news this past week, and we posted about it on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, um, South Africa um, South Africa is going to amend its constitution to begin redistribution of land from white colonizers to black African owners. Okay, South Africa is going to amend its constitution to begin redistribution of land from the white colonizers there in South Africa to the black African indigenous population, the, the rightful uh, owners of the land. TheGrill.com had a big article about that. We'll talk about that uh, on tonight's show also. Uh, very, very important because uh, the colonizers should go back to where they came from. And then, um, you know, last week we talked about, let's see, was it last week or the week before? It was last week, yeah. We talked about the significance of the date July 27th, 1974. The significance of the date July 27th, 1974. See, that's the date that, House, uh, that the House of Representatives began the impeachment process of one Richard Nixon, July 27th, 1974. Very, very important date in history. And then we know it was August 9th of 1974 that Richard Nixon became the first sitting U.S. president to resign from office, August 9th, 1974. See, we're going to have a real history lesson tonight because as Watergate prosecutor Nick Ackerman stated this past week, now you see Nick Ackerman on MSNBC. I like Nick Ackerman. This guy, man, this guy is deep. He's brilliant. Okay? Nick Ackerman was a White House prosecutor. He knows more, a Watergate prosecutor. He knows more about Watergate than most of the people calling in to the radio shows, running their miles every week and every day. He said, history is repeating itself with the Mueller probe. He said, now this is not me saying this, even though I've said it before because I study history. He was there. Nick Ackerman was there. Nick Ackerman has forgotten more about Watergate than most people will ever know in their life. He was there. Nick Ackerman, TheHill.com has an article. Nick Ackerman, former Watergate prosecutor, said, quote, history is repeating itself, in, repeating itself, end quote, with the Mueller probe. When you... <laughs> When you look at the articles of impeachment drawn up against Richard Nixon, the first article of impeachment was obstruction of justice. It wasn't the Watergate break-in, June 17, 1972. That's when the Watergate break-in took place, took place. It wasn't the crime, it was the cover-up. It wasn't the crime, it was the cover-up. It was obstruction of justice. The second article of impeachment was abuse of power. And Nixon resigned from office before he was put on trial. 
and Democrats were in control of the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. And it was Republicans that went to Nixon and said, we've seen the evidence against you, and basically you're going to be found guilty in the, in the U.S. Senate. And he resigned from office. Midterm elections are coming up November 6, 2018. When you see this movie, Black Klansman, when you see this movie, Black Klansman, and you see the clip of Donald Trump in the film commenting on what happened August 12, 2017 in Charlottesville, Virginia at the Unite the Right rally, and you see the clip of the real David Duke echoing and agreeing with Donald Trump's comments, right? Because this movie is coming out on the one-year anniversary of the Charlottesville, Virginia rally and the uh, attack that took place and the killing of Heather Heyer. When you see this movie, and I saw it yesterday, it's going to drive African Americans to the polls to vote in midterm elections because it ties all this stuff together. It's a deep film. It's a deep film, okay? Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, some of the history of Watergate uh, tonight as well because a lot of people don't understand that history. All right, And the people's history and culture teaches them how to deal with the problems of the past and the present and the future to meet the needs of the community. The people's history and culture is not designed to be escapism and try to metaphysically transport yourself to 3000 B.C. in ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt. A people's history and culture is designed to teach you how to deal with the problems of the past in the present and the future to meet the needs of the community. Now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do it, teach what it doesn't know. We do it a number of different topics here on the show. We do it with current events, history, politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, and then also go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, you can sign up for the email newsletter there as well. Um, all of our, all of my DVD lectures are there also. You can order those, and we have a special promotion on the online courses that I teach, a 10 online course bundle pack on sale $60, regularly $130. It includes understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach them in school, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach them in school. So that sale's going on for a few more hours, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay, so... Uh, so a lot of people don't understand what politics is. Uh, follow us on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. We're broadcasting there, the African History Network. Follow us, share that. A lot of people don't understand what politics is. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources, and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, the adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. A lot of people don't even understand that Malcolm X joined the Civil Rights Movement when he officially left the Nation of Islam March 8, 1964. March 26, 1964, Malcolm meets Dr. King for the first and only time at the U.S. Senate debate for the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And, and, and Malcolm tells Dr. King that he's throwing all of his heart, all of his effort into the Civil Rights Movement. 
In July 31st, 1963, when Malcolm was still in the nation of Islam, Malcolm sends a letter to Dr. King calling for a meeting with Dr. King and calling for a unification of the civil rights leaders. He said we have to have a common solution to a common problem posed by a common enemy. Now, if we look at um, the article from the New York Times, August 2nd, 2018, Spike Lee takes on the Klan. Spike Lee takes on the Klan. In Spike Lee's uh, Klansman, uh, the black Klansman, Spike Lee's black Klansman, uh, Spike Lee uses the true story of an African-American police officer infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan in Colorado in the 1970s to once again grapple with American racial terrorism. To once again grapple with American racial terrorism. So as the tagline appearing uh, on screen early in Spike Lee's latest film exclaims in capital letters punctuated with an expletive, uh, Black Klansman is based on some for real, for real stuff material. They use another word for stuff. But instead of opening with his truth is crazier than fiction story of an African-American police officer named Ron Stallworth, who's played by John David Washington, who's the son of Denzel Washington, Ron Stallworth infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan in Colorado in the 1970s, actually in 1978, Spike Lee features scenes from films that he has revisited before, like D.W. Griffith's The Birth of a Nation and the Oscar-winning Gone with the Wind. Okay, Spike Lee's return to these two cinematic classics is neither happenstance nor uh, uh, hagiographic. He uses them to once again pursue a theme threaded throughout his work to tell the story of American racial terrorism. The juxtaposition is vintage Spike Lee, a blend of satire, realism, and in-your-face political commentary. First, a disconsolate Scarlett O'Hara weaves her way through hundreds of injured Confederate soldiers lying prostrate uh, on the streets of downtown Atlanta. Then a fictional black and white film begins unspooling with Alec Baldwin playing a pro-segregation narrator named Dr. Kenny Brew uh, Beauregard, Dr. Kenny Brew Beauregard, who espouses racist vitriol as Dr. Kenny Brew Beauregard fumbles and uh, forgets his lines. Spike Lee projects actual footage from the movie, The Birth of a Nation, the original Birth of a Nation, onto uh, Alec Baldwin's face, partially obscuring it into blackness. So this film ties history. So when you when you look at the film, The, the Birth of a Nation, it debuted February 8th, uh, 1915, directed by D.W. Griffith. It was a three-hour silent movie, cost $100,000 to make. This movie was a, a, was a, a, inter, it was an international uh, uh, bestseller. It was, a, it was an international phenomenon. This movie caused race riots in the street of America, okay? African Americans had enough sense at that time to protest against the movie because the movie showed the Ku Klux Klan as the hero, and this movie rejuvenated the Ku Klux Klan. And you had the NAACP in 1915 leading protests against the movie. But today, the same NAACP gives image awards to the TV show Empire, which is the birth of a nation of today. Because it's detrimental to the images of African Americans, just as the movie The Birth of a Nation was. We're coming up on a break. We're at the break. You listen to the African History Network show, 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a minute. Join us as we travel to the mother and cradle of civilization, Egypt, known to its indigenous people as Kemet, 
both in January or July 2019 as we explore its ancient sites. For those who want more than a mythical depiction of an African nation like Wakanda in the movie Black Panther, then Kemet must be visited because in its day it was an actual Wakanda whose entire land was filled with technologically advanced structures. This trip is for those already aware of the historical input of Africans to Kemet. It is for those who want to know what was meant by the phrase, Know Thyself, originated by the people of ancient Kemet. Those who want to know what the mysteries were and who was allowed entry into them. Those who want to know what the purpose of life was for the people of ancient Kemet and what the actual reasons were for the temples and their construction. Join us and allow the answers to transform your mortal consciousness to spiritual consciousness as we make this pilgrimage. For more information about either of our tours, we can be reached at www.manwomanknowthyself.com That's www.manwomanknowthyself.com Blessings and peace. Yeah, hey. It don't matter your credit score, my sister, brother, we got ya. I wanna help my people out, just came to spread some knowledge. This world can be a crazy place and I wanna see you prosper. Business credit works, get the e-book from Deborah Johnson, yeah. With good credit, it will help you levitate. For so long we've been inside a system, now it's time to break. Business credit, that is power, it does not discriminate. Even if you've been in jail or you did not graduate, you can buy a house, put money on it. Car, invest in the company and be your own boss. This is how it works, but you need credit first. Hey, businesscreditworks.com. Make sure to check out the site and get your free ebook from Daryl Johnson. It's time to change the game, man. Get your business credit up. Let's go. Hey. Hey, what's going on? My name is Evan Williams, and I'm the founder and creator of Health by Any Means Necessary, and also the founder of the Black Self Care Academy. Our mission is to aggressively inspire and radically improve the health conditions of our community by any means necessary. And the way we're going to do that is by empowering you with online health courses as well as online health coaching to help radically improve your health as well as overall ending our dependency on a healthcare system that has shown time after time that does not have our best interests in mind. Over at the Self-Care Academy, we'll be creating courses on how to prevent and reverse preventable diseases such as high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, high cholesterol. Uh, we also have general health improvement courses uh, such as Health 101, uh, Health Defense, and we also have courses on emotional eating, uh, workout programs, nutrition, and those are just to name a few. We'll be constantly adding to our academy and anything else that will help radically improve the health issues of our community. So make sure you go check out the Black Self Care Academy. Uh, this is Edward Williams signing off. And as always, our community, our responsibility. Let's get it. Peace. Hotep, everybody. This is Michael M. Hotep, host of the African History Network show. Hey, if you are a business owner and you want to reach thousands of people on a weekly basis to market your service or product or maybe your upcoming event, then you want to advertise with the African History Network. Email us at customerservice at africanhistorynetwork.com, customerservice at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information. And right now, for a limited time only, we have a special promotion, buy one month, get one month free. 
Are you struggling with your finances or just need a second opinion? My name is Martisha Patterson and I am here to help. Whether you have questions about credit, retirement, taxes, investments, or meeting day-to-day -day responsibilities, you deserve access to a qualified, caring, and resourceful financial professional. As a certified financial planner with over 19 years in the wealth management industry, I have a passion for helping people gain confidence and become successful with money. Taking control of your finances creates options instead of obstacles confidence instead of uncertainty. Make no mistake, this is an important step for all of us. Will you allow your situation to control you or will you take control and make your money behave? My name is Martisha Patterson. Call or email me today to schedule an appointment. My phone number is 646-552-4384. Again, 646-552-4384 or email me at pattersonplan17 at gmail.com. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It's Sunday, August 5th, 2018. Give us a call, 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. Uh, in this segment here, we're talking about the film Black Klansman, Black Klansman, directed by Spike Lee. I saw it yesterday at the DIA, Detroit Institute of Arts here in Detroit. So on advanced screening, it debuts officially. Uh, Friday, August 10th. This needs to be the number one movie this coming weekend. Make sure you go out and see it opening weekend. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, Spike Lee was at the screening also. Spike Lee and John David Washington were in Detroit. They were at the Detroit Institute of Art yesterday. So after they screened the film, they did a Q&A session. So I forgot to tell you, Spike Lee was, was there also. It was, fa it was fantastic. Okay, well, we got on Facebook, we have Cecilia, we have Janice, we have Dawn. How's everybody doing? Follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network. You can watch us live uh, there. Okay, so the film, uh, The Black Klansman, is based upon the uh, real-life story of an African-American police officer, actually the first African-American police officer in the Colorado Springs uh, Police Department in Colorado. And he infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan. His name is Ron Stallworth. He has a book coming out called Black Klansman, and it's about his life. It's about this story. And what he does is he calls the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, he calls them on the phone. He tested the white man on the phone, and he builds a bond with them, and then he works with a, 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 a white partner, a white police officer who's his partner, who pretends to be him when he meets with them face-to-face. -face. And this is how he infiltrated uh, the Ku Klux Klan, okay? It's a very deep movie. I don't want to give too much of it away. But if we go back and look at this article from um, uh, New York Times, Spike Lee takes on the Klan. And Black Klansman Spike Lee uses the true story of a black police officer infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan in Colorado in the 1970s to once again grapple with American racial terrorism. So the film The Birth of a Nation is important uh, in this movie. You see uh, the character of David Duke. You see it, and you, you'll see a ceremony of them initiating new members in, to the Ku Klux Klan. And the white police officer who is is uh, pretending to be Ron Stallworth, he gets initiated into the Ku Klux Klan. Okay? Uh, and then after this initiation, you're going to see them watching the film The Birth of a Nation, sitting there cheering on the Ku Klux Klan, sitting there eating popcorn. Right. So the movie, The Birth of a Nation, is based upon uh, a novel called The Klansman, The Klansman. And the novel was written by a man named Thomas Dixon. OK, 
So the novel comes out before the movie. The movie, The Birth of a Nation, debuted February 8th, 1915. February 8th, 1915, okay? And the year before the film, the so you have to understand context and the climate. And, I, and I've done a, a lecture called Empire Strikes Black, the Propaganda of the Media. Empire Strikes Black, the Propaganda of the Media. And uh, in this presentation, you know, I deal with negative stereotypical images of uh, African Americans, the origins of them, how to fight back, things like this. I talk about the TV show uh, Empire, but I deal with the movie The Birth of a Nation and deal with a lot of history. Okay, so um, The Birth of a Nation came out the year which was the 50th anniversary of uh, the end of the Civil War, which ended June 2nd, 1865. We know the South is destroyed, and this is one of the reasons why they showed the film uh, show uh, a clip of um, Gone with the Wind in the, in the film also, Black Klansman, all right? Um, the, so the South is destroyed, and uh, the film The Birth of a Nation takes place during slavery, Civil War, and Reconstruction. Reconstruction is that period of time, uh, 1865 to 1877, okay? And... Um, the South is bitter after the Civil War. The South is destroyed after the Civil War. The film The Birth of a Nation uh, deals with a, a family, a white family of slave owners uh, in Piedmont, South Carolina. And on this uh, plantation, the, uh, the slave owner is a benevolent slave owner. And the, uh, the, the slaves on the plantation are basically looked at like extensions of the family. And they dance for their slave master, they entertain them, they love their slave master. This is in the movie. All the negative stereotypical images of African Americans are depicted in the movie. Okay, the, the, the pickaninnies, the coons, the mammies, all this stuff is all depicted in the movie. The prominent roles of African Americans in the film are really white people in blackface in the movie, the white people in blackface. And everything is good on the, on the plantation. Then the Civil War comes, destroys their way of life. Then after the Civil War, then you have this, uh, you have the carpetbaggers come in and you have a group of uh, Negro Union soldiers, right, who come in and basically take over the town and oppress the white people, push them around. They show African-American congressmen, depict them as being savage, show them in the hall, show them actually in a session in Congress eating chicken, eating fried chicken. They dehumanize and vilify them. The movie The Birth of a Nation is on YouTube. You should watch it uh, sometime. Watch it tonight, tomorrow. It's three hours. It's a silent movie. You need to watch it in parts. But it's critical in understanding history. And it's critical in understanding this film. And understanding today, okay, and we and we have to know we have to understand what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself, okay. To understand the context that the that the film The Birth of a Nation is taking place in, so basically this is like the first year of the Great Migration. 
This, so the birth of a nation, it comes out during World War One, which is 1914 to 1918. It comes out 1915, first year basically of the Great Migration, which is from about 1915 to 1970. You got about five to six million African Americans leaving the South, going up north and going out west, and they're looking. We're looking for a better way of life, but many of us are also fleeing white terrorism, white domestic terrorism. Okay. So by 1915, which is 50 years after the Civil War ends, the Ku Klux Klan had pretty much died out. The Ku Klux Klan is founded December 24th, 1865 in Pulaski, Tennessee. December 24th, 1865 in Pulaski, Tennessee by former Confederate soldiers. Okay? So by 1915, the Klan had died out a lot. It still existed, but it was weak. Because this movie depicts the Klan as being the heroes, because at the end of the film, the Klan rises up to put down this rebellion of Union Negro soldiers. The other thing that the film shows, it shows black men trying to rape white women. Well, if you go back and look at a New York Times story, we talked about this last Sunday. You go back and look at a New York Times story, which is a huge article, which came out February 8th, 1914, which came out exactly one year before the movie The Birth of a Nation came out. The name of that story was called Negro Cocaine Fiends Are a New Southern Menace. Murder and insanity increasing among lower class, lower class blacks because they have taken to sniffing since deprived of whiskey by prohibition. Now this was a huge article from the New York Times exactly one year before the movie The Birth of a Nation came out. It's called Negro Cocaine Fiends Are a New Southern Menace. Murder and insanity increasing among lower class blacks because they have taken to sniffing since deprived of whiskey by prohibition. So you have prohibition taking place. Um, alcohol is illegal. The fear, cocaine was legal at the time though. Alcohol is illegal. Cocaine is legal. The fear was that black men, when they were high on cocaine, would rape white women. So they're asking the question, do police officers now have to carry a 45 caliber handgun to kill a Negro high on cocaine because a 38 is not powerful enough? They talked about the superhuman strength that a Negro male had when he was high on cocaine. Then the following year, you have a movie, The Birth of a Nation, which showed black men trying to rape white female virgins and the Ku Klux Klan rising up to put down this rebellion. And, and, they, and, and the, film, the film The Birth of a Nation is central to the movie The Black Klansman. And the film The Birth of a Nation is based upon a play, is based upon a novel called The Klansman. And, 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 and in 1906, there was a play based upon the movie The Klansman. It was called The Klansman also. When the play was shown, when the play uh, uh, ran in Philadelphia, you had 3,000 African Americans who rose up to protest the, the, protest the play because we knew it was detrimental to our existence. We understood the negative, derogatory, degenerative images of African Americans it displayed, and we understood what could happen when that imagery was displayed to white domestic terrorists. So we protested it. When the movie The Birth of a Nation came out, in 1915, the NAACP led protests against the movie. William Monroe Trotter led protests against the movie. 
But today, the national chapter of the NAACP will give NAACP image awards to the TV show Empire. And I argue that the TV show Empire is the birth of, a na a birth of the nation uh, of today. It shows negative derogatory images of African Americans. It depicts criminality. It, it, it has a higher degree of, of foul language and cursing than a lot of other TV shows on broadcast TV and the movie and, and the TV show uh, uh, the the, and the TV show is also on the Fox TV network. We're coming to the Gia kind of just a minute. Hold the line to Gia. We're coming to you just a second. The, the TV show Empire, who's uh, executive produced by Lee Daniels, who, got, who has a whole nother set of problems in his background. If you read the article from the New York Times from uh, it was either 2009, 2010, called The Audacity of Precious, the, you need to read that article to find out who Lee Daniels is, to find out how sick he really is, okay? I'm not blaming him for his sickness. I'm talking about, he talks about his experiences and being raised by his uncle when he was 16 years old. His uncle was a hitman. He talks about his, his, his sister being a crackhead prostitute and having a lot of white men. She was fat and overweight and had a lot of white men and wanted to have sex with her. This is what he said in the article. I'm not making this stuff up. Read the article, The Audacity of Precious, from the New York Times. It's an interview with Lee Daniels. You read that article, you can see how sick he is. So we have to. So when you see this movie, this movie brings the history of the past right up to the present. It brings the history of the past right up to the present. The difference is now you got a president, so-called president, first Russian president of the United States, the trade in chief, who's given the past to the white supremacists, who's basically embracing the white supremacists. He has emboldened white supremacists. On the line, we have the director of the 36th Annual African World Festival, the one and only Njia Kai. Njia, how you doing tonight, sister? Hotel. Hotel, brother. Hello. All right. Oh, yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. All right, good, good. Well, we know uh, it's that time of the year coming up, uh, uh, Friday, August 17th through Sunday, August 19th, the 36th Annual African World Festival at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. And we uh, usually talk to you or uh, somebody with the museum each year. So, sister, what do we have to look forward to this year? I know you have been working hard, you and your team. Well, it's true. We are working uh, overtime now, but it's just... A week or more away, yes. and uh, we're looking forward to another dynamic event. Uh, the festival uh, in its 36th year is uh, uh, quite phenomenal right there. That the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History right here in Detroit okay, has been able to sustain this event and maintain it as a free admission event mm -hmm. uh, for 36 whole years. That's, that's been quite a feat. Uh, the event is, as you said, Friday through Sunday, August 17th through 19th. It's 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. each day. Uh, admission is free and open, and we invite everybody to come and have a taste of the bath uh, uh, right here in Detroit on the grounds of the Charles H. Wright Museum in the Cultural Center of Detroit uh, at Warren and Brush. 
Absolutely. Well, it's free all three days. You have entertainment. You have vendors. You have uh, people coming from around the world. You have vendors from around the world. You have vendors from the continent of Africa. You can get authentic African clothing uh, there as well, jewelry, all different types of things like that. Uh, so what are some of the highlights this year? And what's the theme for this year? You have a theme each year. What's the theme for this year? Exactly. This uh, this year we're kind of riffing off uh, the energy that was uh, really enhanced by the film Black Panther this year. Wakanda forever. And forever, forever. <laughs> uh, a a uh, fictitious place forever. But, you know, I'm in the spirit of it, I'm going to agree. Mm -hmm. So uh, we uh, our theme this year is represent. Mm-hmm. And the tagline to that is, together we will always rise. Right, together we will always so rise. The notion is, mm -hmm. yeah, the no, and that comes, uh, that's a line straight out of the film. And so the notion is here to represent, to right. uh, step up, right. to be you, to represent where you're coming from, and the clan that you're a part of, or the consciousness that uh, you live through, mm -hmm. and to represent that because we need each and every one of us with all our different viewpoints and hairstyles and ways of living. We need each of us uh, as long as we can find a way to come together and rise. Exactly, exactly. So that is what we, it's a, kind of a metaphor for the festival itself. Right. And, and give me the name of that theme again. Give me the name of that theme again. Uh, it's represent. Mm -hmm. Together we will always rise. Represent together we will always rise. Yeah, and then and then. Represent period. And uh -huh. the tagline is together we will always rise. And so that's what we uh, really work hard to do every year at the festival. Mm -hmm. To make it as um, varied as possible. To give as many communities, as many voices, as many traditions, as many innovations that we can uh, that we can. Um, make a deal with and Right. We are open to allow that so that all of our community can come together. Absolutely. And as I say, I've done four different lectures dealing with the film Black Panther. We're going to talk about my participation this year. But as I say, we can't say Wakanda forever and then give away Detroit forever. But that's another conversation. Yeah, but that's me saying that. That's me saying that. I ain't trying to get you in trouble. But that's me saying, we can't say Wakanda forever and then give away Detroit forever. That doesn't even make sense. Well, you know, they say everything <laughs> starts with the self or starts at home. Yes. Or inside before you go outside so definitely if it's going to be forever it definitely should be self-serving absolutely absolutely so what are, what are the highlights of uh of the events this year i know on friday nights you usually have a big performance on the main stage and you have uh detroit walks the one way the fashion show on saturday what are some of the highlights this year well you're hitting on them uh friday night we will have a headline performance mm -hmm. and uh we just had a opportunity um, brought to us, so we are pursuing a special opportunity, which will be able to announce no later than Wednesday of this week. Okay. So we're looking for a special announcement about our, head, our Friday night headliner. Okay, so stay tuned and, for that. Um, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. On Saturday, uh, we have the uh, Deltas and the Cues, who have held an annual um, cookout. Mm. Uh, the weekend of the festival. Okay. And once they came to recognize what was happening, they came to us and said, we want to bring our energy to the festival. So this year, instead of having a cookout where they made their own food and did their own thing, 
They're going to come and participate with the festival. They're going to provide uh, the Deltas will stroll, the Twins will march mm-hmm. uh, on the main stage on Saturday afternoon. And then that they said that a couple thousand of them will be in attendance. Wow. And that instead of bringing their own food or dinner and things, they're going to use their energy to support the vendors of the festival. Absolutely. So we're That's really great. appreciative that, yeah. Again, Make sure you update me so I can uh, post it on uh, post it on our Facebook oh, yeah. fan page, the African History Network. Yes. Yeah, and Sunday, the uh, Montu African Dance Theater of Chicago mm-hmm. will be featured on Sunday uh, in a special performance on the main stage. Okay. So, there's just so much happening. The Health is Wealth uh, Village right. is back, and there will be all those services, both from the medical perspective as well as from traditional practices. Uh, the African Folklife Village, which is sponsored by uh, Heritage Works, mm-hmm. is back in full force with its drum circle, uh, African drum and dance instruction and audience participation, plus traditional arts and crafts as part of that uh, village. Okay. Uh, then the Elder Village will feature Detroit, um, Detroit Association of Black Storytellers. Mm. We'll be uh, providing uh, their talents to entertain our elders. Uh, we have uh, a, we have 150 marketplace vendors uh, in wow. our international marketplace wow. and in the festival food village. And this year we have a East African, a West African, two Caribbean, two uh, African American um, soul food vendors, as well as natural food vendors besides several snack and uh, specialty vendors so the right. food village will be chock full of a, a diaspora mm-hmm. of uh, taste and, and uh, right. we're and really excited that we've been able to really uh, encircle our world and, 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 and let me just say this, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I can't find African-American-owned businesses. I can't find African-American-owned businesses. You, you you need to be here three days, August uh, 5th, was it August uh, 17th through the 19th? 17th, 18th, okay. 19th. Charles H. Wright Museum of African-American History. You're going to see all these businesses, all different types of products, services, things like this. You can come and redirect your dollars to African-American-owned businesses, okay? Redirect your dollar support African-American-owned businesses. Dr. King, in his last speech, August 3rd, 1968, I've been, uh, April 3rd, 1968, I've been to the mountaintop. He talked about the need to support African-American institutions, to support our own businesses. And he said, we've got to kind of find a way to redistribute the pain. He was talking about redirecting our dollars to our own businesses, okay? So this is an opportunity to do that, all right? So you can't say you know about it because we're telling you about it right now. Go ahead, sister. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because it seems like it would make common sense. 
you know, if my son opened the business, I would be supporting him. Mm-hmm. And if we really see each other as brothers and sisters, if we see ourselves as community, then again, together we will always rise as long as we support each other. That's Absolutely. All that's required. And uh, I think it's kind of sick, but it's also a great opportunity at the African World Festival. You don't have to look. You don't have to go all over town. You come to that one location and right. find... Uh, about 140 or 130, 140 international marketplace vendors and then more than a dozen uh, food vendors. So right. there's plenty of, for everybody. And uh, there's a bike ride that's uh, happening this year coming from uh, Live Cycle uh, Delight. Okay. Uh, they're, going, they're going to uh, live cycle. Live cycle Detroit, Delight, and they're going to come from the East Village and... Uh, cycle into the festival on Saturday afternoon. Uh, there's a whole greening of the festival that's happening where there will be recycling, there will be um, solar-powered activities, including a solar-powered charger for your phones and tablets, mm. a solar-powered microphone that will support some historic uh, walking tours. Um, right. uh, there's quite a few things that are going on so that we can make the festival more sustainable and reduce our footprint because with uh, 100,000 to 200,000 people over a weekend, mm-hmm. uh, we can make a large mess. Absolutely. And so it's really great that the efforts are being made now to make sure that uh, we're taking care of these things by recycling and also bringing biodegradable products into uh, the festival. Absolutely. Now, uh, uh, this is taking place once again Friday, August 17th through Sunday, August 19th. All three days are free, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. each day. This is the 36th annual African World Festival taking place uh, at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Is most A lot of this stuff is outdoors, uh, so you want to dress accordingly, okay? Wear comfortable shoes. Um, and uh, the, the, the event usually brings over 150,000 attendees to the grounds of the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. I've got an update from the Health is Wealth uh, Fair because uh, Brother Kabaka sent me an email. But before I go to that, uh, now I'm doing two workshop-slash-presentations, uh, one Saturday and one Sunday, uh, inside in the classroom, down a lower level in the classroom. And um, I'm doing Saturday, uh, I'm doing, uh, it's 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. both days. Saturday, my presentation is a Black Panther Analysis, African Culture, History, and Afrofuturism. A Black Panther Analysis, African Culture, History, and Afrofuturism. And I deal with the film Black Panther, deal with themes uh, from it. I deal with the African cultural influence in the film. I deal with African history, all of that. It's a deep, deep movie on multiple levels. But to understand the movie, you have to understand African history, African culture, spiritual systems. And you have to understand the history of the Black Panther comic book. So I researched the history of the Black Panther comic book. I read over over 100 articles dealing with the film Black Panther. I wrote two articles on the film. I've seen it twice. So when, when I deal with this film, one of the things I do, Sister Gia, I deal with what the word Wakanda means because Wakanda, even though it's a fictitious nation, is not a made-up word. A lot of people don't even mm-hmm. don't know what the word Wakanda means. Uh, and then the second day, Sunday, um, on Sunday, uh, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., uh, I'll deal with lessons from the film Black Panther, lessons from the film Black Panther, uh, economic empowerment, political empowerment, and how to Wakanda the vote. So I, I take themes from the film and relate that to our condition here and show you examples, actual examples of us fighting back 
and uh, and so, so I, I do what we can actually take away from the film and use also. So that's uh, we'll, and I'll have uh, information on my website about that as well. That's Saturday and Sunday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. both days uh, in one of the classrooms, lower level. Do we know which classroom yet? I believe it's going to be one on four, but let's okay. check the website and make sure that we're correct. Okay. All right, we'll check, and I have it on my website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We'll have the information there. Uh, let me just give this update on the uh, Health is Wealth Pavilion, and then I want you to talk about uh, the need for volunteers, because I think you still need volunteers. Um, Absolutely. Operation Health is Wealth uh, Health Fair will be running uh, all three days, uh, uh, August 17th through the 19th, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., on the corner of Brush and Warren Avenue, okay, the corner of Brush and Warren Avenue. This year, uh, we will be adding a holistic approach to the treatment of the whole African being, B-E-I-N-G, taking into account uh, the post-traumatic slave syndrome disorders and the medical community effects on the African's uh, emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual healing rather than just the physical symptoms of a disease in our community. Uh, we'll have our traditional health screenings, which we have done the last two years, which will include, but not limited to, hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, STDs, etc. cetera. Uh, the traditional health fair is co-hosted by uh, uh, the, uh, the following nursing organizations, Black Nurses Association Detroit Chapter, Black Nurses Rock, uh, Detroit Chapter, Chi Eta Phi, uh, nursing Sorority, uh, Mary Mahoney Professional Nurses Association, Minority Association of Advanced Practice, uh, Practice Nurses, Big Sisters of Nursing, The Future of Healthcare. Uh, that's the organization also, The Future of Healthcare. We will also have healthcare educational programs and demonstrations, superfoods preparations and demonstrations workshops. Uh, and more information is coming. Uh, so check my website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, for updates. They have me moderating one of the panel discussions also. I'm not sure which day yet. Okay, go, go ahead, sister. Talk about the need for volunteers. We've got about three minutes before the break. Thank you. And we absolutely Absolutely. It's a high-quality festival. It takes a lot of work to put this in, uh, to get this uh, uh, together. AWFDetroit.com, AWFDetroit.com. Is there an email address that you want to give out, or you just want people to call? Or, sure. Okay. AWFinfo at Yahoo.com. AWFinfo. AWFinfo at, at Yahoo.com. Yahoo is the email address. 
Okay, absolutely. Definitely, definitely need volunteers as well to help pull this off. All right, so once again, this is taking place uh, Friday, August 17th through Sunday, August 19th. Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History, 315 uh, East Warren Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, uh, in the uh, Cultural uh, District. Uh, 36th Annual African World Festival. Uh, any last words, uh, NGA? we got about 30 seconds. Okay, just wanted to say that I did mention the African World Film Festival. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Inside over the festival weekend, mm -hmm. uh, as well as presenters like yourself, special activities. The Great Lakes African American Quilters Network is providing 10 sewing machines, so mm. festival visitors can actually try their hand at quilt making. So we encourage folks, come on out. There's just so much going on, something special in the Watoto Village for the children. Yeah, Watoto Village for the children. Young adults at Generation Next, mm -hmm. them, uh, with, and then, of course, our elders. So something for everybody. Absolutely. And the Watoto Village for the children, you know, they have African dance. And what, what are some things you're going to do for the children this year? Oh, there's plenty. There's a literacy fair every year included. So there are free books, there are children's authors, there are storytellers, there's dance, there's uh, interactive activities, there's music. I mean, there's make, lots of make and take. It's right. just a great opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, All for the children. One of the festival favorites. Okay, and people can go to awfdetroit.com, and there's a, there'll be a schedule there also of all the activities? That's correct. We'll have our schedule up next week. Like I said, we had a couple of special announcements that are just coming through sure. next week. Okay. So we'll put the full festival schedule up and encourage folks to check it out and come on down. All right, well, and Gia, I will see you that weekend. You have a great night, sister. Thanks for calling in, okay? We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right, peace. All right, you listen to the African History Network show, 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation. When we come back, we'll continue talking about the film Spike Lee's Black Klansman, Spike Lee's Black Klansman, 313-778-7600, 313-778-7600. This is the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel, 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the future radio. We'll be back in a few minutes. Are you looking to regain your health and vitality? Then visit naturallifeenergy.com. That's naturallifeenergy.com. It is an alkaline, plant-based diet website based on Dr. Sebi's methodology and nutritional guide which supports the healthy expression of the African black gene, but it benefits everyone. Combat the ill effects of white supremacy that has brainwashed black people into eating foods that support the development of diabetes, high blood pressure, and cancer. Gain a better understanding of how to use a plant-based diet based on Dr. Sebi's nutritional guide to help heal your body and mind by reading Achillanese book, Alkaline Plant-Based Diet. Learn how to use herbs used in Dr. Sebi's methodology to help address complex diseases like lupus and IBS in his herbal book, Alkaline Herbal Medicine alkaline herbal medicine. Purchase Achillanese books from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other book retailers. Get your copies today. I know you all watched the movie Black Panther and saw Wakanda and wanted to buy a one-way ticket straight to that magical place. Well, why not? The International Black Book is a cyber Wakanda, a black wonderland. It is well overdue for the black diaspora to come together and build a global community where we can choose to buy black, travel black, and eat black. 
place your complimentary listing of your business or agency. You are welcome at internationalblackbook.com, internationalblackbook.com. Sign up today. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation. Hey, we're in our second hour. It's Sunday, uh, August 5th, 2018. Uh, we just finished talking uh, to Njia Kai, who is the director of the 36th Annual African World Festival, taking place Sunday, uh, August 17th through, uh, Friday, August 17th through Sunday, August 19th at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Okay. Hey, uh, I want to let you know that uh, all of my DVD lectures are available at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have a six-DVD Black Panther bundle pack. Six-DVD Black Panther bundle pack includes three of my uh, presentations I've done dealing with the film Black Panther. Uh, also, uh, I teach online courses. We have a bundle pack uh, of uh, 10 of my online courses. They're all on demand. Watch at your own pace. Uh, it includes ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Okay, uh, and that's on sale right now. Um, uh, $60 regularly, uh, $130. Uh, we have a sale going on for a little while longer. Uh, that's available at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. As soon as you uh, register, you can start watching. Watch from around the world. Your smartphone, tablet. Or computer, we deal with thousands of years of history um, in that online course bundle pack. Okay, all right, and then also I forgot to tell you. Okay, I'll be uh, uh, let's see, August 10th through the 12th, I'll be in San Diego at Return of the Gods, the Real Family Reunion. Return of the Gods, the Real Family Reunion in San Diego. Uh, come out for an amazing show of live hip hop, motivational speakers, live African dancers, martial arts demonstration. Uh, yoga and an award ceremony. So I'm being uh, receiving. I'm an honoree this year, receiving an award for uh, the work that I do. Uh, also, Professor Kaba Kamene from the Hidden Colors documentaries. Uh, he'll be there as well. He's an honoree this year, as well as Queen Afua, who's a legend in holistic health. Um, so we have the information on our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com for more information. They also have uh, tickets there, three-day pass. Also, uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and uh, their website is uh, Return of the Gods uh, ENT uh, com, I think it is um, uh, as well. Okay, but visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have all the information there. Okay, so Spike Lee's um, Black Klansman. I saw it yesterday. Fantastic film. Before we brought on in Kai. I was talking about it. You can give us a call, 313-778-7600, if you have a question or comment. Um, and it deals with the, it's based upon the real uh, story of an African-American police officer, the first African-American police officer in the Colorado Springs, Colorado Police Department. His name is Ron Stallworth. He's still alive. He has a book coming out in the next couple of weeks or so called Black Klansman. And uh, he infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan there in Colorado. This takes place in 1978. Okay, and uh, one of the things they show in the film are excerpts of the movie *The Birth of a Nation*, which rejuvenated the Ku Klux Klan, and uh, it's 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 central to the movie. Okay, uh, also in the film you have a scene where uh, the Colorado State uh, uh, Black Student Union at the college there, the Black Student Union, brings in Kwame Ture, formerly Stokely Carmichael, to do a speech. To the students there, the Black Student Union. That's a very, very powerful scene. 
the brother who they have portraying, um, Stokely Carmichael, did a fantastic, fantastic job. And, um, I mean, you watching this film, this film will make you scream black power in the theater. Okay, I'm telling you, because I screamed it a few times. All right, it just, I mean, this is a powerful movie. And um, it deals also, it, it brings it current to today, dealing with the uh, increase in the level of racism because of the trader in chief who's in office right now, Donald John Trump, and how he's in, has emboldened white supremacists. The white supremacists were emboldened there August 12, uh, 2017, in Charlottesville, Virginia, when they had, when you had 12 white supremacist groups who organized the Unite the Right rally, okay, because this film comes out. Um, basically the one-year anniversary mark of the Charlottesville, Virginia uh, rally and the attack and the killing of Heather Heyer, who was a, a white woman who was a uh, anti-racist activist, okay? And she was killed when this idiot uh, drives his car into a group of protesters, okay? And then flees, okay? So um, th this, is all, this is all in the film. But I was talking about the movie The Birth of a Nation. And the birth of a nation ties into uh, the article from the New York Times from February 8, 1914, called Negro Cocaine Fiends Are a New Southern Menace, Murder and Insanity Increasing Among Lower Class Blacks Because They Have Taken to Sniffing Since Deprived of Whiskey by Prohibition. And this was a, a big news story from the New York Times, February 8, 1914, which is one year exactly before the movie The Birth of a Nation came out. And the birth of a nation rejuvenated the Ku Klux Klan. So the Klan had pretty much had died out a lot, basically, uh, by 1915. And um, the movie shows the Klan as being the heroes. They rise up at the end of the movie and um, put down the rebellion of the Union Negro soldiers. And it says that this is the birth of a nation. All right. And like I said, the film, The Birth of a Nation, is based upon uh, the book The Klansman by Thomas Dixon. All right. And the uh, film, The Birth of a Nation, calls race riots in the street, calls race riots in the street. Um, and we had sense enough to protest this. We had sense enough to protest this movie uh, when it came out. So what, what's going to happen is, is that the Ku Klux Klan used this movie as a recruiting tool. Okay, so in newspaper ads where they were advertising the film, The Birth of a Nation, I mean, newspaper ads where they were advertising the film, The Birth of a Nation, the Ku Klux Klan would oftentimes take out recruiting ads for new members next to the ad for The Birth of a Nation. This is the, this is the impact that this film had. And this was a silent movie. This is the, basically the most expensive movie at the time to produce. cost $100,000. It was three hours. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. It was three hours. It's a silent movie. And the other thing that a lot of people don't know is that the film, it was directed by D.W. Griffith, but the film uh, was distributed by, by a man named Louis B. Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R, I think is how he spelled his name, Louis B. Mayer. And Louis B. Mayer took the uh, money that he made from the film and he teamed up with two other men named Metro and Goldwyn. And they formed Metro Goldwyn Mayer Studios, better known as MGM Studios. Read How White Folks Got So Rich, the untold story of American white supremacy. They deal with this history in there. How White Folks Got So Rich, the untold story of American white supremacy. Louis B. Mayer 
distributed the film The Birth of a Nation. Now we know they did a screening of it for President Woodrow Wilson, who's a white supremacist president, at the White House. Okay? But Louis B. Mayer takes the money he makes from distributing this film that demonizes African Americans and forms MGM Studios. So, um, this is a very, very powerful movie. And when you see it, uh, it, it debuted uh, Friday, uh, August 10th. And I think when you see the movie, you're going to see the relationship between politics and conditions also. And I think it's going to drive African Americans to the polls uh, for midterm elections as well. Because this is very, very deep. Now, uh, AtlantaBlackStar.com had an article uh, about Spike Lee. Spike Lee says Hollywood loves to dehumanize black folks. Spike Lee says Hollywood loves to dehumanize black folks. And uh, they're talking about this film, Black Klansman, starring John David Washington, son of Denzel Washington, who did a fantastic job in this movie, by the way, John David Washington. He portrayed Ron Stallworth, all right? Uh, the police officer, Ron Stallworth. And Spike Lee premiered Black Klansman at the Cannes, uh, or Cannes Film Festival in May of 2018, and it received a six-minute standing ovation when it was over. He got a standing ovation yesterday at the Detroit Institute of Arts, okay? There were a lot of members of the National Association of Black Journalists there, okay, because this was part of their um, annual conference that was taking place here in Detroit, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the script of this film was sent to him by Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, okay, uh, who did uh, Get Out. And Jordan Peele helped produce this movie through Focus Features, okay, which is the uh, first major studio that Spike Lee has worked with in 10 years. So in the past, uh, Spike Lee has been, critical, has been critical of Hollywood studios and said there are not enough African-American uh, African-Americans in decision-making positions. He's correct. In fact, one time he said it's easier for a black man to become president of the United States than it is to be the head of a studio. Okay? So now in a new interview with GQ magazine, Spike Lee blasted Hollywood again and said its executives uh, like to create false narratives about minority groups. It's the, the executives of these... Uh, studio companies, the executives of these uh, movie companies, like to create false narratives about minority groups. He said, quote, it's growing up, it's growing up and watching uh, cowboy movies where Native Americans look like savages. He said, I'm going to say what I've said before, okay? These BS John Ford, John Wayne movies are lies. They're lying on the humanity of Native Americans. He said, quote, that's been the history, not the whole history, but a large part of the history of Hollywood to dehumanize people, whether we're black, Hispanic, gay, whatever, end quote. Now, back in May of 2018 at a press conference for Black Klansmen, Spike Lee blasted Donald Trump, which he did again. And once more, uh, he didn't pull any punches and he didn't pull any punches yesterday during the Q&A session at the Detroit Institute of Arts because he went in on Donald Trump. And when you see when you see Trump at the end of this film, the clip from Trump and the clip from the real David Duke, right? 
you're going to realize the role politics plays in this and realize that they have to be stopped. Uh, Spike Lee said, quote, Agent Orange, wake up. Wake the F up, he said. He's a, he's a man of hate, violence, and can't be trusted to make moral decisions. We can't be silent anymore. He's on the wrong side of history, and we're on, we are on the right side of history with this film, end quote. And Black Klansman, once again, opens nationwide Friday, August 10th. It needs to be the number one movie this coming weekend. Go see it. Also, when you go see it and you buy your ticket, check the ticket. To make sure it says Black Klansman. Check the ticket. Make sure they don't give you a ticket for another movie. So the dollars go to support another movie. Okay. Make, check your tickets also. Make sure they give you the right ticket. All right. So uh, check out that article from AtlantaBlackStar.com dealing with Black Klansman. And then uh, also um, John David Washington, who portrays police officer Ron Stallworth in the film. He said that there was an article from AtlantaBlackStar.com also where he talks about, um, uh, he said that the, uh, he hopes that the um, film will uh, start conversations. Oh, it's going to start a whole lot of conversations. I tell you, it's going to start conversations right there in the theater. It's going to start conversations outside the theater, on the way home. So it's going to start conversations, but it's, it's based upon history. That's the, that's the important thing about this. This movie is based upon a real story. Then you bring into the film the, the movie The Birth of a Nation, which ties into a historical period of time and rejuvenated the Ku Klux Klan. So April 27, 2018, AtlantaBlackStar.com had an article, Black Klansman Star Hopes Lee Film Starts a Conversation. Uh, Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington, has technically worked with Spike Lee before. So when he was seven years old, he talked about this yesterday and during the Q&A session. Spike Lee and John David Washington talked about this. Um, uh, uh, John David Washington, when he was seven years old, he was at the end of the film Spike Lee. I mean, end of the film uh, Malcolm X from Spike Lee. Uh, he was one of the kids who stood up at the end and said, I am Malcolm X. So the younger Washington is now getting his own chance to star in Spike Lee's joint Black Klansman, which uh, CinemaCon attendees got a sneak peek of Wednesday afternoon at the Focus Features luncheon. This was back in April. The, uh, and and uh, uh, John David Washington talks about how uh, he hopes that the uh, film will spark uh, conversation. This will. It deals with history, things like this. Okay. All right. So... Um, once again, let me give you the name of this article here. This is from thenation.com. Thenation.com. We talked about this last week. This is called How the Myth of the Negro Cocaine Fiend Helps Shape American Drug Policy. How the Myth of the Negro Cocaine Fiend Helps Shape, help, helped shape American Drug Policy. In 1914, a racist fiction helped sell one of the nation's first drug laws. 100 years later, it's still, it's still with us, okay? This is from thenation.com, and this deals with the article from the New York Times um, from February 8, 1914, a year before the film The Birth of a Nation came out. And uh, this article is um, uh, called Negro Cocaine Fiends Are a New Southern Menace, Murder and Insanity, Increasing among lower class blacks because they have taken to sniffing since deprived of whiskey by prohibition. Okay, all right. So um, Donald Trump is a, a, a better known as the Twitter gangster. The Twitter gangster. See, because when he's on Twitter, he's talking bad. 
But yesterday when he was on in Ohio uh, on the campaign trail, uh, he didn't mention LeBron James at one time. One time. He's big and bad on Twitter. He's a tax, he attacks LeBron James on Twitter. But when he was in LeBron James' state, oh, he didn't mention LeBron one time. He's, he's a Twitter gangster. He talks big and bad, right? <laughs> Interesting. So NBCnews.com is an article, Trump blasts LeBron James after NBA star says he's trying to divide us. They talked about this yesterday morning on AM. Joy, Joy and Reed, MSNBC. Let's go to this clip. From low unemployment. Okay, we won't play the AM Joy clip. Huh? I only got one clip. Huh? That was this clip? That's that's the other clip. Yeah, I only got one clip in the email. There's two clips in the email. Put me back on the air. Okay, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the clip from AM Joy queued up in just a second here. Um and in this clip here, LeBron James, uh, 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 LeBron James says Trump is using sports to divide us. Uh, that's from AM Joy Saturday morning. Joy Reed. So LeBron James says Trump is using sports to divide us. Um, and uh, LeBron was interviewed by CNN's Don Lemon. Okay, and uh, he responded to um, uh, criticism. Uh, he, he, he responded to criticism of uh, Donald Trump. All right. If we look at the article from uh, NBCNews.com, uh, there have been a number of articles written about this. Okay. Uh, let's go to this clip now. To kind of divide us, and, I, and that's something that I can't relate to because I know that sport was the first time I ever was around someone white, you know, and I, and, I, and I got an opportunity to see them and learn about them, and they got an opportunity to learn about me, and we became very good friends, and I was like, oh, wow, this is all because of sports, and sports has never been something that divides people. It's always been something that brings someone together. Well, in the age of Trump, that has now changed. Trump not only uses sports to divide people, but he seems to relish taking a particular kind of shot at prominent people of color. In a tweet overnight, Trump questioned the intelligence of CNN anchor Don Lemon and NBA star LeBron James. That would be Emmy and Edward R. Murrow award-winning anchor Don Lemon. And four-time league MVP, three-time NBA champion, and two-time Olympic gold medalist LeBron James, just to be precise. And Trump took that shot at James as he walked Don Lemon through the new elementary school for at-risk children that he recently opened in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. A school, by the way, where the kids receive free transportation within two miles, free bikes with bike helmets, free uniforms, food pantries for their families, and free tuition at the University of Akron when they graduate. Trump's latest attack on prominent African Americans makes this claim even more off-key. This is probably the most proactive administration regarding urban America and the faith-based community uh, in my lifetime. And I'll be 60 years old in December. To be honest, this is probably going to be the, and I'm going to say this at this table, the most pro-black president that we've had in our lifetime. Uh-huh. Joining me now is Terrence Moore, sports contributor for Forbes.com. Hey, pause it right there. And Tim Watt. Pause it right there. Okay, we're going to go back to that clip in just a second. So that was Pastor Daryl Scott. Okay, and I'm not sure of the name of his church is probably Sunken Place First Baptist Church, something like that. I forgot the name of his church. Uh, watch the clip 
when she when he says that. Okay, watch the clip and look at the facial expressions of the other pastors around him. Most of them are not nodding their head in agreement. They're standing, and 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 the, and the brother that was sitting next to him is just standing there at at him, and the facial expression on his face does not change. He's just sitting there looking at him. If you really, I pay close attention to the other pastors that were around him when he made when he made this blatant lie, and the, and most of them did not nod in agreement. They're sitting there looking at him like, uh, you're doing a little too much tap dancing there, brother. Okay. Let's go back. Okay, uh, we're coming up on a break. Uh, we'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show, 19 a.m. Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Join us as we travel to the mother and cradle of civilization, Egypt, known to its indigenous people as Kemet, both in January or July 2019, as we explore its ancient sites. For those who want more than a mythical depiction of an African nation like Wakanda in the movie Black Panther, then Kemet must be visited because, in its day, it was an actual Wakanda whose entire land was filled with technologically advanced structures. This trip is for those already aware of the historical input of Africans to Kemet. It is for those who want to know what was meant by the phrase, Know Thyself originated by the people of ancient Kemet. Those who want to know what the mysteries were and who was allowed entry into them. Those who want to know what the purpose of life was for the people of ancient Kemet and what the actual reasons were for the temples and their construction. Join us and allow the answers to transform your mortal consciousness to spiritual consciousness as we make this pilgrimage. For more information about either of our tours, we can be reached at www.manwomanknowthyself.com. That's www.manwomanknowthyself.com. Blessings and peace. Yeah, hey. It don't matter your credit score, my sister, brother, we got ya. I wanna help my people out, just came to spread some knowledge. This world can be a crazy place, and I wanna see you prosper. Business credit works, get the ebook from Deborah Johnson, yeah. With good credit, it will help you levitate. For so long we've been inside a system, now it's time to break. Business credit, that is power, it does not discriminate. Even if you've been in jail, or you did not graduate, you can buy a house, put money on it. Car, invest in the company and be your own boss. This is how it works, but you need credit first. Hey, businesscreditworks.com. Make sure to check out the site and get your free ebook from Daryl Johnson. It's time to change the game, man. Get your business credit up. Let's go. Hey. Hey, what's going on? My name is Edward Williams, and I'm the founder and creator of Health Fighting Me Necessary, and also the founder of the Black Self Care Academy. Our mission is to aggressively inspire and radically improve the health conditions of our community by any means necessary. And the way we're going to do that is by empowering you with online health courses as well as online health coaching to help radically improve your health as well as overall ending our dependency on a healthcare system that has shown time after time that does not have our best interests in mind. 
Over at the Self Care Academy, we'll be creating courses on how to prevent and reverse preventable diseases such as high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, high cholesterol. Uh, we also have general health improvement courses uh, such as Health 101, uh, Health Defense, and we also have courses on emotional eating, uh, workout programs, nutrition, and those are just to name a few. We will be constantly adding to our academy and anything else that will help radically improve the health issues of our community. So make sure you go check out the Black Self Care Academy. Uh, this is Edward Williams signing off. And as always, our community, our responsibility. Let's get it. Peace. Hotep, everybody. This is Michael M. Hotep, host of the African History Network show. Hey, if you are a business owner and you want to reach thousands of people on a weekly basis to market your service or product or maybe your upcoming event, then you want to advertise with the African History Network. Email us at customerservice at africanhistorynetwork.com, customerservice at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information. And right now, for a limited time only, we have a special promotion, buy one month, get one month free. Are you struggling with your finances or just need a second opinion? My name is Martisha Patterson and I am here to help. Whether you have questions about credit, retirement, taxes, investments, or meeting day-to-day -day responsibilities, you deserve access to a qualified, caring, and resourceful financial professional. As a certified financial planner with over 19 years in the wealth management industry, I have a passion for helping people gain confidence and become successful with money. Taking control of your finances creates options instead of obstacles confidence instead of uncertainty. Make no mistake, this is an important step for all of us. Will you allow your situation to control you or will you take control and make your money behave? My name is Martisha Patterson. Call or email me today to schedule an appointment. My phone number is 646-552-4384. Again, 646-552-4384 or email me at pattersonplan17 at gmail.com. He's doing an amazing job. Okay. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation. Hey, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. Uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. If you like this type of information, you can also donate to the African History Network, PayPal.me, PayPal.me, uh, forward slash uh, the AHN show, PayPal.me, forward slash the AHN show. Okay? And, um, uh, we have our uh, online courses there as well that I teach. They're all in demand. Uh, it includes Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, What They Didn't Teach You in School, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, What They Didn't Teach You in School. All right? And this is a 14-hour, uh, seven-session online course that I teach. It's all on demand. Go at your own pace. The 10-course bundle pack includes... Uh, Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization. It includes a uh, online class I did March 31st dealing with the film Black Panther, Black Panther Analysis, African Culture, History, and Afrofuturism. Um, it also includes African American resistance in the era of Donald Trump, voter suppression, reparations, and how elections have consequences. Okay, so right before the break, um, I was sharing with you this clip from AM Joy, Joanne Reed, MSNBC. LeBron James says Trump is using sports to divide us. When when Trump is uh, uh, backed up against the wall, when things are not going well for him, there are three groups he attacks. He attacks uh, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and African Americans. And he definitely attacked African Americans uh, this past week. Let's go back to this clip. Of 
white like me reflections on race from a privileged son thank you both for being here terrence uh, that pastor is one of uh, the favorites of Donald Trump, who claims that Donald Trump is the most pro-black president ever. <laughs> Do you? You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Well, I think it's, it's very obvious. And, and, and Joy, I'm going to tell you something else that's very obvious. You know, there's this, this mad tweet that Donald Trump had last night. In it, he said that he prefers... Michael Jordan over LeBron James, and that's not by coincidence, okay? And you remember those old commercials back in the early 1990s, Gatorade commercials, Be Like Mike, we remember those? Yes, we have it. We can, play right. it. we can show it a little bit of it. Yep, go ahead. Keep talking. Yeah, well, well let, let us see that, okay? When, when, so when Donald Trump says that, he's not referring to that. And he's also not referring to the fact that he prefers Michael Jordan as a basketball player over LeBron James. He's referring to the fact that Michael Jordan is the most apolitical athlete of all time, and it's disgusting given all the power that Michael Jordan could have. Now, a lot of people are in dispute as to whether or not Michael Jordan really made the statement that Republicans buy sneakers too as to why he's apolitical. But this is not in dispute, Joy. It's back in the 80s and the 90s when he played for Ch Chicago Bulls. He had a teammate named Craig Hodges who tried to get Michael Jordan to join him and other Bulls uh, players to talk to youth, black youth in, in Chicago, and he wouldn't do it because he didn't want that image, okay? Yeah. This is also not a dispute. Uh, what's also not a dispute is that even to this day, you have people killing themselves, youth, over his Air Jordan shoes, not a word from him. Michael jo or, or Donald Trump knows all of this, okay? And Donald Trump also knows that in contrast to that, you got LeBron James, who is not being outs only outspoken, he's also becoming a Pied Piper to get other athletes involved in the social activism. And the biggest thing, Joy, is he's also putting his, his, uh, his money where his mouth is big time. Yeah, and he called Trump a bum. <laughs> I mean, he called him you bum. And yeah, you know, exactly. And, Tim, and you, you know, know he didn't like that. And Tim, you know, with a lot of Donald Trump's uh, antipathies, whether it's against the New York Times or the media or CNN or NBC, there always is this element of, uh, of, of sort of what looks like underlying anger because he really wanted to be friendly with this sort of celebrity aspect or this prominent person. He wanted their respect and admiration and didn't get it. And so then he sure. gets mad. I mean, a lot of people remember he was sure. originally a fan of Barack Obama before he decided yes. to turn on him and go birther. And it's interesting because Donald Trump back in 2015 was kind of a stand for LeBron James. He was saying, you know, he's mm -hmm. tweeting positively that great King James yesterday. Yeah. LeBron, tough competitor, delivers under pressure. Um, but then, of course, came the famous you bum tweet. Um, in which LeBron James was supporting Steph Curry for not right. going to the White House over Charlottesville and other aspects of Donald Trump's, you know, the things he said about race. Right. So part of this is, does it feel to you like part of this is about a celebrity who's, we're, we're going to show him to be cool with Obama. Here's Pete um, Sousa trolling uh, Barack Obama by showing how cool Barack Obama was with LeBron James. Isn't this a little bit about envy? Well, it is partly that, but let's not pretend it's just that. It's also about race and playing to a base of supporters who appreciate it when he attacks black people who make more money than they do. And here's why I say that. There are a lot of people who criticize Donald Trump, including in the world of sports, including white head coaches like Greg Popovich in San Antonio, like Steve Kerr with the Warriors, like former uh, coach of the Pistons, Stan Van Gundy. They all went in on Donald Trump and, frankly, used language and critiques that were far more biting than 
than the things LeBron has said, and yet Donald Trump says nothing about white coaches in professional sports who criticize him, because why? That doesn't really pay the same cachet with his base as attacking black folks, whether it's Colin Kaepernick and NFL players who are taking a knee, or whether it's white NBA, or whether it's people like LeBron uh, in, in the NBA. So I think we have to recognize there's a very deliberate pattern, and also notice the kind of critique. He criticizes a lot of people, because, you know, what better to do at 4.30 in the morning when you're president of the United States than rage tweet? But what he does is he specifically attacks black people's intelligence, whether it's Don Lemon, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Maxine Waters. He likes to use this low IQ slur, which, of course, is a dog whistle, actually a bullhorn, to those who have long believed that black people in particular are less intelligent. For white folks, he uses other types of attacks. I'm not saying he never attacks white folks, but he's very specific about the kinds of attacks that he uses on black people, and that's not a coincidence. Yeah, and just to that very point, um, you know, Dan Rather actually made a similar point. He said this is apparently what the President of the United States feels the need to share with the world at what should be long past his bedtime. It's a disgrace, it's racist, and it's the proud, it is the product of petty but dangerous hatreds. I repeat, this is the President. And, you know, to that very point, Donald Trump has used that intelligence slur on other black folks as well. Um, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, longtime elected official, um, obviously yeah. very intelligent woman. Um, here's Donald Trump attacking her on just this Thursday in Pennsylvania. You know who the new star, you know who that new leader is? Maxine Waters. Very low IQ. Low IQ. And then here is Donald Trump attacking uh, President Obama, Barack Obama, back in 2011. I heard he was a bad student. How does a bad student then go to Columbia and then go to Harvard? How does this happen? Because a bad student gets into Columbia, top, top school, gets into Harvard, top, top, top school. He's a bad student. How does this happen? Reinforcing your point, Tim. Hey, pause yeah, right I there. mean, this... Okay, well, I'm just going to pause it right there. We're going to come back and continue that. Now, notice what Trump did. Trump did not say what the source was that said Barack Obama was a bad student. He just throws this out as a foundation to then attack the intelligence of this African-American man, but he never says what the source is. And Trump has not released his transcripts from college either. Because we can read his tweets and listen to him talk, and we can see how dumb he is. There was, this, there was a, a, a survey, there was actually a survey that came out, or a study that came out in the last few months and talked about how he speaks on a fourth grade level. See, Trump attacks the intelligence of the African Americans. He, uh, he, he, he not only was the leader of the birther movement for five years, basically, and said that President Obama wasn't born in this country and said he was the illegitimate president. Imagine that. Imagine the first Russian president of the United States, the trader in chief, Benedict Donald, saying Barack Obama is the illegitimate president. But this is what he did. He attacks the intelligence of Barack Obama and does not say what the foundation of the attack is. He provides no evidence. He said, I heard he was a bad student. Based upon what evidence, he doesn't provide any. Let's go back to the clip.
Barr review, they don't give that stuff out just for the hell of it. You know, Donald Trump has always uh, realized that he himself, you know, got into Penn because a dean or something felt sorry for his dead brother and allowed him to transfer from Fordham or whatever. He didn't get in the traditional way at an Ivy League school himself. So this is a lot of projection on his part. He is constantly claiming that black people don't really deserve what they have. And in the case of the attacks on ball players, the message to his base is how dare these wealthy, powerful black people criticize the country the president of the country, because for black people who have been successful to do so is seen by a lot of white folks on the right as ungrateful. Of course, when rich white people like Donald Trump criticize America in front of Vladimir Putin and the press or criticize America on the campaign trail with a slogan like Make America Great Again, which by definition suggests that America sort of sucks at present, that's apparently okay. But God forbid a black person take a knee in protest of racism in the justice system because then they're being ungrateful. This is part of a long-standing and ultimately race-resentful and racist pattern. Yeah, and Terrence, here's the thing. No, go on. Yeah, go, go, go ahead, Terrence. Yeah, because to piggyback on something that Tim said earlier, Greg Popovich, for those who don't know, he is the probably the greatest, court, greatest coach in the NBA right now, San Antonio Spurs, and he's been extremely outspoken against Donald Trump, just ripped him to shreds. I had a private conversation with Greg Popovich this past NBA season, and I pulled him aside and we talked about this Donald Trump thing. And I asked Greg Popovich, I said, how many times have you been tweeted against by Donald Trump? How many times have you been called out by Donald Trump? How many times uh, has Donald Trump called you personally or anybody around you to say that he disliked the, the things you said and Popovich did this? Zero. Zero right. times. So, so Tim is, is onto something there. But the piggyback on this on the on the black thing about how he's how he's attacking uh, uh, these black athletes or just blacks in general. That's why I love LeBron James. Okay, LeBron James will not be intimidated by this guy, and he can't stand it, Donald Trump. Okay, because LeBron James, you look at his background as to where he came from in Akron, uh, Ohio, to where he is right now. It's a phenomenal story, and for this guy to be this brilliant spokesperson, uh, very uh, strong, and, and and doesn't back down. Those are the type of guys that Donald Trump attacks. So in, the, in, a, in a weird way, this is a huge compliment, not only, only to, to LeBron James, but anybody who is African-American who dares to stand up and tell, tell the, the, the truth about this guy. Yeah, and he's heading to Ohio to do a rally, having attacked the favorite son of Ohio, the successful philanthropic. Um, that school is incredible. For those of you who are not up on what he's doing uh, in terms of that I Promise school, it is incredible. I mean, LeBron James is putting his money where his mouth is, educating very wealthy and very popular and that cannot make Donald Trump happy. Terrence Moore, Tim Wise, thank you guys very much. Appreciate you both. Okay, so check out that clip at uh, msnbc.com. Uh, create, uh, create a file folder of these clips uh, online in your browser. This is called LeBron James says Trump is using sports to divide us. LeBron James says Trump is using sports to divide us. That's from AM Joy. Uh, that was from uh, August 4th. 2018, and she uh, also had Tim Wise on there um, with her uh, as well, okay? All right, well, look, um, there was a, uh, uh, you know, talking about the film uh, Black Klansman, uh, the sister who played, uh, plays the role of Patrice Dumas uh, in the film, this is uh, fantastic, I posted about it uh, yesterday on a, a fan page, the African History Network, and my personal uh, Page Michael M. Hotel. Um, trying to find the uh, sister, the actress name. I forgot her name. 
but uh, she is the president of the Black Student Union at Colorado State University. And they bring in uh, Kwame Ture, formerly Stokely Carmichael. Her name is Laura Harrier. Laura Harrier is a beautiful sister, too. She has this beautiful, big afro. This is, <laughs> this is a bad sister in the film. You have to see this movie to understand it also. Okay, so I wanted to uh, say that as well. All right. Uh, TheGrill.com has an article from... Uh, uh, a couple of, from uh, August 1st. South Africa to amend constitution to begin redistribution of land to black owners. South Africa to amend constitution uh, to begin redistribution of land to black owners. And South African President uh, Cyril uh, Ramaphosa uh, said uh, the ruling ANC, African National Congress, will quote, finalize a proposed amendment to allow land expropri uh, expropriation without compensation. Uh, uh, Ramaphosa uh, uh, addressed South Africa's parliament in Cape Town in February, stating that the quote-unquote original sin, the original sin of the country, was the European colonizers taking land from the tribal people in the 1600s. Exactly. And the colonizers need to go back home. The colonizers need to go back home. The South African Parliament passed a motion to take back the land, free the land, take back the land. Quote, the expropriation of land without compensation is, uh, in this, uh, uh, um, is as one of the measures in this hot, in this hot, uh, in, um, I forgot how to pronounce that word, uh, E-N-V-I-S-A-G-E-N-D. Okay, and this uh, and, um, anyway, as one of the measures that we will use to accelerate redistribution of land to Black South Africans, he said. Okay, uh, he went on to promise, "quote We will handle it in a way uh, that is not going to damage our economy." "Quote unquote We will handle it in a way that will not damage our uh, economy." Now, this is one of the criticisms against Nelson Mandela. He did not take back the land from the colonizers, okay? And you have to do it in a way also that's not going to do irreparable damage or do severe damage to the economy because then you're going to have a whole other set of problems on your hand, okay? And uh, we saw that um, we saw they did things differently in Zimbabwe. And we saw the hyperinflation and things like this, extreme poverty in Zimbabwe. Um, but you know, it's it's um, it's different when you are. At, see, it's one thing to make the criticism sitting on the sidelines. Is another thing when you are actually the president and you have the weight of millions of African people on your shoulder. Okay. Uh, millions of African people on your shoulder. So it, it, uh, it, 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 when people say, oh, they should do this, they should do that, yeah, you're talking about theory. When you are actually in the seat of power and you have the fate of millions of African people uh, in the balance, okay, now you have to make sure you have to make the right decision and you have to lay out the plan to see this thing through as well. 
So it's easy. It's, it's, it's real easy to say what they should do when uh, you're not the one that has to make the decision, and you have to live with the consequences also. Okay, so um, the president said on Tuesday that the controversial reforms was, quote, of critical importance, end quote, to the economy. Uh, he said, quote, uh, it has become pertinently clear that our people want the Constitution to be more explicit about expropriation of land without compensation as demonstrated in the public hearings, okay? And uh, Ramaphosa said in a recorded address to uh, the nation according to uh, BBC.com, British Broadcasting Company, BBC.com. Uh, he said, quote, the ANC will, through the parliamentary process, finalize the proposed amendment to the Constitution that outlines more clearly the conditions under which expropriation of land without compensation can be affected. Okay? Now, here's the thing, okay? If they decided to compensate the colonizers and kick them out, I would not criticize. The reason why is, is because when you actually have to make the decision and the fate of millions of people is based upon your decision, things like that is entirely different than theory and on the radio show talking about what they should do and shouldn't do and the other ramifications that I don't even know about. So if they had decided that we're going to give these colonizers some type of compensation before we kick them out, before we take the land back, I would not criticize. Okay, it's, I mean, I'm telling you, when you when you actually have to make these decisions, oh, it's entirely different. There are ramifications you don't even know about. But I'm glad they made the decision that they did. So there has been there has reportedly been a growing anger about the slow pace of land reform in South Africa, according to multiple multiple reports. The country's white minority has a disproportionate hold over land, especially the most fertile lands. Critics fear that expropri expropriation could lead to land grabs, like the land grab that happened in this country in the 1600s, stealing the land from uh, Native Americans and indigenous African people. However, Ramaphosa said it had become, quote-unquote, patently clear, patently clear that the people want the Constitution to be, quote-unquote, more explicit on the matter. He said, we call on all South Africans to work with us on developing a social compact for economic inclusion, economic growth, and jobs for all. Now, around 10% of land in, uh, around 10 of land in white ownership has been transferred to black owners, black South Africans, since the end of apartheid, which is only a third of the ANC's target. As noted by Reuters, Reuters.com, news, news outlet, many investors are concerned that the ANC's reforms could be detrimental to the economy. Ramaphosa uh, has, in, uh, has insisted that any changes will not compromise food security or economic growth, okay? Will not compromise food security 
for economic growth, all right? Okay, so check out this article, thegrill.com, South Africa to amend constitution to begin redistribution of land uh, to black owners, all right? Very, very important. And that's envisaged, that's the name, that's the, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, E-E-N-V-I-S-A-G-E-D. Okay, um, July 27th, 1972, okay, oh, I'm sorry, 1974, July 27th, 1974. The House of Representatives begins the impeachment process of one Richard Nixon. Oh, how history repeats itself. <laughs> okay, so on this day, uh, History.com has a good article about this. House begins impeachment of Nixon. On this day, July 27th, 1974, the House Judiciary Committee recommends that America's 37th president, Richard Nixon, be impeached and removed from office. The impeachment proceedings resulted from a series of political scandals involving the Richard Nixon administration that came to be collectively known as Watergate. The Watergate scandal first came to light following the break-in on June 17, 1972. June 17, 1972, at the Democratic Party's national headquarters in the Watergate apartment complex, hotel complex, apartment hotel complex in Washington, D.C. You had a group of men linked to the White House. They were later arrested and charged with the crime. Richard Nixon de denied any involvement with the break-in. I think he said no collusion, no collusion. I think, did Nixon say no collusion? But several of his staff members were eventually implicated in an illegal cover-up and forced to resign. Did they have a meeting with the Russians? Is that what happened? Like Donald Trump Jr. had a meeting with the Russians and said it was about adoption, but now Trump just admitted in a tweet it was about getting dirt on Hillary Clinton from a U.S. adversary? Subsequent government investigations revealed dirty tricks, political campaigning by the committee to re-elect the president. It's called Creep. That's what it was called, Creep. Committee to re-elect the president, along with a White House enemies list. Okay? Now, uh, let's look at this... Um, Okay, so in July 1973, we'll continue with this article, and I want to go to this other article that gives uh, more background information on the Watergate scandal. In July 1973, one of Nixon's former staff members revealed the existence of secretly taped conversations between the president and his aides. Mueller has over 100 tapes that they got from Michael Cohen. Now, we don't know how many tapes are between Michael Cohen and Donald Trump. We know at least one of them is between Michael Cohen and Donald Trump talking about a possible payoff to uh, McCullough, the, the Playboy Playmate, who Trump allegedly had a 10-month affair with. Oh, how history is repeating itself. It was the Richard Nixon tapes that brought down Richard Nixon. In July 1973, one of Nixon's former staff members revealed the existence of secretly taped conversations between the president and his aides. Nixon initially refused to release the tapes on grounds of executive privilege and national security, but a judge later ordered the president to turn them over. The White House provided some, but not all of the tapes, including one from which a portion of the conversation appeared to have been erased. In May of 1974, 
the House Judiciary Committee began formal impeachment hearings against Richard Nixon. Be because before the House votes on impeachment, they, they have impeachment hearings. The House Judiciary Committee has impeachment hearings. On July 27, 1974, the first article of impeachment against President Richard Nixon was passed. Two more articles for abuse of power and contempt of Congress were approved on July 29th and July 30th, 1974. On August 5th, August 5th, 1974, Richard Nixon complied with a U.S. Supreme Court ruling requiring that, that he provide transcripts of the missing tapes and the new evidence clearly implicated him in a cover-up of the Watergate break-in. It wasn't the break-in that brought down Nixon. It was the cover-up. It was the conspiracy. It was the collusion to hide the break-in, to hide the involvement. It was the obstruction of justice. Nixon tried to use the CIA to get the FBI to back off of the investigation. It was Nixon actively obstructing the Watergate investigation that forced him to resign from office. The first article of impeachment was obstruction of justice. Does any of this sound familiar? Does any of this sound familiar? On August 5th, Nixon complied with the U.S. Supreme Court ruling requiring that he provide transcripts of the missing tapes and the new evidence clearly implicated him in a cover-up of the Watergate break-in. On August 8th, President Richard Nixon announced his resignation, becoming the first president in U.S. history to voluntarily leave the office. Oh, no, there was pressure by other Republicans put on him to resign. He didn't just resign out of the kindness of his own heart. After departing the White House on August 9th, so August 8th, he announced that he would resign the following day at 12 noon on August 9th, 1974. That's when he officially resigned. Okay? He became the first sitting U.S. president to voluntarily leave the office. After departing the White House on August 9th, 1974, Richard Nixon was succeeded by Vice President Gerald Ford, who was from Michigan, who in a controversial move pardoned Richard Nixon, and on September, that was on September 8th, 1974. But 48 people around Richard Nixon went to prison. Keep that in mind. 48 people around Richard Nixon went to prison, making it impossible for the former president to be prosecuted for any crimes he might have committed while in office. However, see, with Donald Trump is a whole nother thing because state prosecutors can still bring Donald Trump up on any uh, possible crimes committed in their jurisdiction. A presidential pardon does not absolve you from state prosecution. A presidential pardon does not absolve you from state prosecution. Only two other presidents in U.S. history have been impeached. Andrew Johnson in 1868 and Bill Clinton in 1998. And they were not removed from office through the impeachment process. They were acquitted in the uh, Senate. Uh, uh, Clinton was impeached um, uh, December 19, 1998. You can read about that at history.com. Also, uh, so that that article is called uh, this was this day in history, July 27th, history.com, official website of the History Channel. 1974 House begins impeachment of Nixon. And then uh, they have a more extensive article called Watergate Scandal, which we don't have time to get to Watergate Scandal. But the Hill.com has an article from August 3rd, 
2018, just a few days ago, Watergate prosecutor, history is repeating itself with Mueller probe. Watergate prosecutor, history is repeating itself with Mueller probe. Former Watergate prosecutor Nick Ackerman said on Friday that special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation is quote unquote history repeating itself. Nick Ackerman would know because he was there. He was a prosecutor in the Watergate cover-up. And he suggested that some administration members questioning Mueller's probe could be charged with perjury. Nick Ackerman appeared on MSNBC. He said, you've got a dynamic here that's different than any other criminal investigation. It's the same thing that happened with the Watergate investigation, quote-unquote. He said that the political figures who tell the truth in interviews with prosecutors could see their careers end, and for those who plead the Fifth Amendment, quote, it's as good as saying you're guilty, end quote. Remember, Trump said only gangsters, only people who are guilty plead the Fifth. Quote, you've got people who are very politically high up in the government to go in and tell the truth. Tell them exactly what happened. You're gone. That's the end of your career, end quote. Read this article, TheHeal.com. They read some really good political articles. TheHeal.com, August 3rd, 2018, by Jacqueline Thompson. Watergate prosecutor, history is repeating itself with Mueller probe, okay? All right, well, look, we have to get out of here. We got to make way for Pastor Mo. Hey, remember at the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. I'll be in San Diego uh, Friday, August 10th through Sunday, August 12th at the return of the gods, the real family reunion. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com for more information on that event and to get tickets. Um, and uh, shout out to my uh, brothers of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Yesterday was my 20th, 28th anniversary of, uh, as a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Blue, uh, Blue Fight Mob. Uh, stay tuned for Pastor Mo. Remember, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. Wakanda forever. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Are you looking to regain your health and vitality? Then visit naturallifeenergy.com. That's naturallifeenergy.com. It is an alkaline, plant-based diet website based on Dr. Sebi's methodology and nutritional guide which supports the healthy expression of the African black gene, but it benefits everyone. Combat the ill effects of white supremacy that has brainwashed black people into eating foods that support the development of diabetes, high blood pressure, and cancer. Gain a better understanding of how to use a plant-based diet based on Dr. Sebi's nutritional guide to help heal your body and mind by reading Achilles' book, Alkaline Plant-Based Diet. Learn how to use herbs used in Dr. Sebi's methodology to help address complex diseases like lupus and IBS in his herbal book, Alkaline Herbal Medicine alkaline herbal medicine. Purchase Achilles books from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other book retailers. Get your copies today. I know you all watched the movie Black Panther and saw Wakanda and wanted to buy a one-way ticket straight to that magical place. Well, why not? The International Black Book is a cyber Wakanda, a black wonderland. It is well overdue for the black diaspora to come together and build a global community where we can choose to buy black, travel black, and eat black. 
place your complimentary listing of your business or agency. You are welcome at internationalblackbook.com, internationalblackbook.com. Sign up today.